This is a podcast by The Straits Times. The flame of democracy was lit in this nation a long time ago. And we now know nothing, not even a pandemic or an abuse of power, can extinguish that flame. This is Asian Insider, and I'm Nirmal Ghosh. Now, by the United States' usual standards, it's been an election like no other, leaving America even more deeply polarized than it was before this. Polls show, in fact, that a large majority of outgoing President Donald Trump's supporters believe he was the rightful winner. The election was stolen and President-elect Joe Biden will be an illegitimate president. Now, it's important to note that none of the evidence for this has stood up yet in any court of law. In fact, in multiple court decisions, it has been dismissed. But this leaves Joe Biden seriously challenged to unify the country, as he, of course, wants to do. To talk about this, we are joined today by Professor Sanford Unger, author, former foreign correspondent, former director of The Voice of America, to mention just a few of a long list of positions, but currently director of Georgetown University's Free Speech Project. Democratic process and institutions have so far held, and that's good news, yet the election remains contested in a, in a way. What message does this election send to the world and especially other democracies about the state of affairs in the United States? Nirmal, I think what this election does uh, above all is to deny America its bragging rights about having the most stable, secure, uh, perfect democracy in the world. You know, American diplomacy has rested on that premise for a long time, an American self-satisfaction, if I may say so. And it's, uh, it's abundantly clear that a mischievous candidate, in this case, a mischievous incumbent in the White House, has the capacity to disrupt the normal processes if he so chooses. Uh, I, it's beyond my credentials to try to explain why Donald Trump behaves in the manner that he does. But he, the the fundamental thing I can't figure out is whether he really believes what he's saying or if he knows that he's lying and he knows that he's distorting the circumstances. It's really uh, very, very difficult to determine. But he's losing uh supporters i think finally he's losing people who are willing to help him with this charade and so i i would agree with your premise that the system is holding but the system is damaged the reputation is hurt and i think we don't know what this is going to lead to in the long run okay so our information ecosystem is flooded with disinformation and misinformation and there is an old saying, of course, that a lie will travel halfway around the world while the truth is still getting its boots on. And it's attributed, I think, to Mark Twain. If that is true, it was 100 years ago. Uh, And we are seeing this turbocharge now. Is there danger in the two political universes sort of spinning separately in their own echo chambers, intensifying, in fact, gaining mass and momentum and possibly becoming fertile breeding spaces for radicalism? It, there is a real danger at the moment. I think, I think you've put your finger on it. Um, among Donald Trump's supporters, among the people who are willing to back up his uh, very odd perception and description of reality, are some quite dangerous forces. 
well armed. Uh, he has encouraged them in demonstrations. He has encouraged them to carry weapons. Uh, he has invited them to the White House in some cases for tours. And uh, I, I think we don't know what they are capable of or what they might do uh, as, as time goes on now. And I think we are entering a very delicate period, just about a bit more than a month until the inauguration. You know, when you empower neo-fascist forces, and there's really no other word for them, and you uh, play this game of, of encouraging them, he enjoys this. He has said before, he loves the adulation of the crowds. He, he likes being backed by these people. At some point, you lose control over them. And I think that's where the danger lies. Uh, there are people, very important people in the Republican Party now who have said, okay, enough's enough. The, the Republican leader of the United States Senate, Senator Mitch McConnell from Kentucky, has recognized now that the Electoral College has voted, he has recognized Joe Biden as the president-elect. And uh, if... Donald Trump should be persuaded, perhaps by his children or someone near him, <clears throat> that he too should recognize the results of the election. He may have already unleashed forces that it's too late for him to stop. Hmm. In the last couple of years, we've seen heads of the social media giants like Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, Jack Dorsey of Twitter, speaking at congressional hearings. And the scale of Facebook in particular bothers a lot of people. Mark Zuckerberg is considered one of the most powerful people in the world. But just days ago, New York State and others filed an antitrust suit against Facebook. How significant is this? Are we going to see the beginning of an attempt to to um, break up these apparent monopolies? Oh, I, I think this is a, one of the great pending public policy issues in America right now. What to do about the power of the uh, social media, what to do about the uh, mischief online that has been caused. And I think this antitrust suit is very significant. It didn't actually get as much attention as it might have were we not in the midst of this dispute over the election results. But uh, this is going to be in court in probably in some state courts as well as in federal court. And it's going to be a very crucial matter. Uh, neither the Republicans nor the Democrats are very happy with social media. They have their own different uh, complaints, perhaps, but the power of social media in this country and in many parts of the world, uh, look what they did in Burma, for example, uh, helped unleash a, a, a tragic uh, sort of genocide in, in, in Burma. Uh, I think there's going to be a reckoning. I think it's going to be an antitrust suit uh, of the sort that hit big oil uh, more than 100 years ago in the early 20th century when these very powerful companies were split up, or the antitrust suit against uh, AT&T, the, the telephone monopoly in the, in the mid-20th century or late 20th century. I think we're going, that's one of the great dramas we have yet to understand the scope of. 
Right. Uh, going back uh, for a moment to the U.S. and internal issues, in September, Pew Research revealed a survey of views of the United States in 13 countries and found that perceptions had plunged to their lowest level in decades. Most recently, that was accelerated, of course, by the mismanagement of the coronavirus pandemic. But the view has been declining steadily anyway these past four years. Now, Abraham Lincoln once famously said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Is the U.S. best served by addressing these long-running internal issues, as Joe Biden seems to indicate, in order to repair its moral authority abroad? Oh, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, they, this, uh, the United States has to slay this dragon of white supremacy. It, it just it keeps coming back. Uh, we fought a civil war uh, to settle that question more than a, well over 100 years ago, 150 years ago. And uh, it doesn't mean that evil ideas uh, go away easily, but these internal divisions must be dealt with. A stand has to be taken. It's not just a, a charming, uh, idiosyncratic, uh, throwback to attitudes of the American South, etc. There is a real problem with white supremacy in this country. There's a problem with bigotry, uh, a massive problem with bigotry, social inequality. You've lived here for some time now. I'm sure you've seen it and uh, and been startled by it. So I, I think, yes, uh, Joe Biden has to be the person, has a historic opportunity to try to deal with this. He has a a brilliant and very accomplished black woman who is herself a child of immigrants from the Caribbean and from India uh, as his vice president, an example of the kinds of accomplishments that people when treated with merit rather than bias can, can have in this country. And I think there's a real opportunity, but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And when you have, um, a, a uh, person who, first of all, doesn't want to give up the presidency and is behaving in this manner, behaving, frankly, like the head of a banana republic in, in Central America. Uh, when you have someone in that situation uh, encouraging the forces of regression and the forces of white supremacy and bigotry, uh, it's it's going to be a struggle. But I certainly think that before the American reputation can be restored around the world, it's going to have to clean up its own act at home. You've also worked throughout your career all over the world, in Africa, in Europe, in Asia. Do you think that in recent years there has been, um, there's always this tension between an authoritarian form of government and, and, and liberal democracies. Do you think uh, the authoritarian model has gained recently, given the problems in the United States, you know, Brexit in Britain and so forth? Do you think that uh, democracies have somewhat lost their luster? Oh, I definitely do. I think that democracy is in real trouble around the world. I think much has been written about this. I think there are flashbacks now to the... Uh, first third of the 20th century in Europe and some of the things that that happened there. I think that there is a, a, a real danger to the forces of democracy in, in many countries. I mean, look at the former Soviet Union, the former uh, 
communist country of countries of uh, Central and Eastern Europe, the regressions that have occurred there. In Poland, it's now illegal to have certain kinds of historical memory. In Hungary, uh, we, we see uh, terrible things happening and a kind of temptation of this authoritarian rule. Uh, the, the extraordinary thing is that, at least in, in the United States, the people who support, many of the people who support Trump the most enthusiastically, the most blindly, are the people who have been hurt the most economically, socially, and in other ways by his four-year term as president. So this, this reckoning within the United States has to occur, and in many other places as well. Uh, democracy is imperfect. It doesn't work everywhere. There are plenty of forces of evil that, that uh, interfere with democracy. But it's, as Winston Churchill said, it's not perfect, but it's better than all the alternatives. But of course, even Winston Churchill seems to be under, his reputation seems to be under threat these days. Absolutely. Professor Sanford Unger, thank you very much again for joining Asian Insider today. Pleasure to have you. So we have roughly 30 days before we have a new administration in the United States of America. A lot of people will be watching the new administration headed by President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, the first woman and the first woman of color to hold such a high position in the country. A lot of people will be watching to see if there is a sense of optimism and renewal as the United States continues to struggle with its own internal tensions. For Asian Insider, I'm Nirbal Ghosh. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.